Hey there, teacher friend or homeschool mom. We're so happy that you're joining us here at Teacher Let Your Light Shine. It's really our joy to bring you content that helps you in your homeschooling journey or helps you in your teaching journey as you are creating a business of your own. Just imagine a business that you get to create the time, the freedom, the flexibility, and all of the fun. It's your school. Whether it is five students, 10 students, or you're homeschooling your children, no matter if it's 20 students, 30, 40, 50, 60, all the way up until about 100 students is where the line kind of crosses over into you're no longer running a micro school. But if you're having a learning pod, a micro school, or any type of learning program, even a summer program, in today's episode, you're going to get my five fun field trip tips, even if you are a small school, no matter if you're a large school, or even if you're a homeschooling mom, you don't have to have any big purchases. I'm going to talk to you about saving money. I'm going to give you recommendations, no matter the size of your school or the pod that you're creating. It's so nice to do. We're going to talk about safety. We're going to talk about fun. We're going to talk about transportation and give you some fresh ideas. And if you are able to start brainstorming ways to make field trips a part of your curriculum, field trips a part of just the exciting moments of your day that gives you a break, allows you to decompress, what a pleasure it is. Because right now, even in mainstream school, field trips have become a lost art due to COVID and just different various means. I even remember as a teacher, sometimes it was very difficult to even get one field trip in a year, let alone two. Two was the absolute maximum. Now you can go on one field trip every week or more if you'd like to. You can take learning outdoors. In today's episode, I hope that you walk away feeling refreshed and excited to do some fun field trips, getaways, or outdoor learning. Let's get rolling. Welcome, teacher, to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. Well, I'd love to start off with a fun little story here. When my husband and I decided that I would leave my teaching career and start this micro school, I really felt like I had no idea what I was doing. Thank you so much for the time during the summer that I was able to really hit the ground running, research, market, advertise, get everything that I needed to prepare my home, to have students come in. We started our, started our first year out with eight students. Enjoyed our time immensely, mainly because we were able to go beyond my house every day. Now, 
I love teaching from home. What a gift. I'm in my socks 99% of the time, especially whenever we're at home. I'm definitely 100% of the time in my socks. If we're outside in my backyard, I'm barefoot. But most of the time, you can find me in my house, outside, teaching, and I love that. But what I really, really enjoy is being able to get behind the wheel of our 15-passenger van. Now, the funny story comes in that when I decided I was going to do our micro school three years ago, I, my husband and I needed a van. We needed a van because ours went kaput. So it was actually the perfect timing that we needed a new vehicle. We were just going to go get a Honda van, just like a normal family van, a used van. It's just going to be super cute. Maybe get a sunroof in it because that was like always a dream of mine. And we had been to several dealerships. We were about a month away from actually starting our school. This was in July. We had been, like I said, to many dealerships. It's around 730 at night. And my husband says, okay, this is the last place we're going to go. I saw this van here. I'm exhausted. I know you are too. Let's go check it out. So we go. It's a nice white Honda van. And then we just kind of yeah, it's, it's okay, you know, and just kind of walk around the parking lot of the dealership. And then my husband says, now that's the type of van I'm talking about. And he pointed to the 15 passenger Ford Transit. And I said, well, I'm not talking about that type of a van. And I'll never forget. My husband is so sweet and patient. He looked at me and he threw his hands up. He goes, you don't have the vision. You don't see it. You don't see it. And I said, oh no, I have the vision. I'm the one who had the vision for the past 15 years to start this school. I have a vision, but my vision does not include that van. I, I'm not driving a van like that. And he's like, let's just go. And I felt so frustrated in that moment. It's funny looking back at it, but I said, I'm not going to get a van like that. And he said, why not, honey? I said, because I have one student, one student enrolled. He's like, they're going to come. And when they come and we purchased a van, what are you going to do? Because you're not going to have enough room. And I said, I guarantee I'm only going to get maybe three or four kids. So that means I will have plenty of room in my eight passenger van. And lo and behold, I had eight kids and I make the ninth person. So I would have never had enough room if we would have gotten that van. So that starts my funny story with our van. You don't have to have a 15 passenger van. I know that there are many of you who are always asking me about it. And I would say, hey, if that is your vision and that's your dream to go and have that many students or to have parent chaperones join you on your excursion instead of meeting you somewhere, then by all means, go for it. However, I do recommend that you Look at your financial capacity to do this. Now, I will tell you that we bought the Ford Transit van. It's really nice. It's black with black interior. It has served its purpose not just for our school, but I use that as my main van. We don't have any other vehicle other than my husband's truck. I use that vehicle to go to the grocery store, to go to the mall. We got ticket on trips. It's been a really great blessing. My daughter's volleyball team doesn't have a bus to transport them. So guess who gets to take all of them? This lady right here. It's a true joy. I, in the past, have been able to have parents ride with me. Now we have 18 students at our school, plus two teachers. 
So that makes 21 of us every day and we are not able to get into that van. However, we have always gone to the park during lunch each day, which is a beautiful way to take learning outdoors. You don't have to feel as if you have to go on this big extravagant excursion, but we do go to our local park. It's in our neighborhood and we have now had to split the students in half. So half ride and half go to the park and half stay here and we have a little rotation and they're fine with that because they get to do different activities with different people. We have a fun little rotation that my assistant made up on a Google spreadsheet that makes sure that there are 32 rotations so that every child has a different opportunity to play with different kids. It's so funny. If you need more about that, I can definitely get that for you. Just email me at teachersletyourlightshine at gmail.com. I would be happy to give you that more information, but... Just know that you don't have to have a big van. And as a matter of fact, sometimes both of my assistants will say, we're going to take all the kids to the park. And one of my assistants has a van. Now the park is about half a mile from our house in our neighborhood. So that's not an issue. Now where this does come into place is that many have asked about insurance. Insurance is a really great question. You will definitely want to make sure that you call your policy. There's nothing that changed on behalf of our insurance policy. It's all covered with me being able to transport. I did not have to have a a different license. Many people asked if I had to have a CD license. I do not. It is just a normal van. We actually have a family up the street that has eight children and they have a Ford Transit van just like ours. And she's a homeschool mom and she just loves that van and I love it too and I only have two children. So it is a wonderful way to be able to transport not just your family, but others as well. I do, however, have parents sign a waiver. You can get that waiver if you go to www.teachersletyourlightshine.com shop. I have in my handbook lots of information about field trips, chaperones, being able to ride in the van, what happens if there are other people who drive the van like my assistants. Parents do sign off on that. There is a form, there is a waiver, there is an emergency, and very important, the handbook and contract, every piece of that business bundle that you need to start your business is crucial. However, if there's one thing that you definitely don't want to outsource or do it on, or that you want to outsource because you don't want to do it on your own because it will take you, it took me over a month to create our handbook and contract dealing with different lawyers, working through different scenarios, getting feedback from parents, and also just the amount of professionalism that's been put into that contract. I would head on over, snag that handbook and contract. It doesn't just talk about transportation. It's an 18-page handbook and contract that you can add in, split it up however you want to, but I've used it for three years, and every year, even last month, whenever or last year, whenever I revamped it, it still took me a month because I'm always changing and making it better. So again, I would definitely make sure that you have a waiver, a contract, and that you're very specific in your handbook about what field trips look like and how parents can be involved. I also believe that kids really have found that it's exciting to ride in a bus, okay? So that is my van story. That's number one, is to think about transportation. And the students actually... If the parents say that they're going to chaperone, even in the years past when I could have parents meet me at the location and we didn't have enough room in our van, 
the kids would still beg their parents to ride the bus with us. So that is something to keep in mind because many parents still meet us at the excursion. But now that our school has gotten larger, I do ask parents through Sign Up Genius who wants to chaperone and who can take their child or who can drive and meet us there. That's just the way that it is because I'm not going to have multiple buses here at my school. And parents always are able to chaperone as well. So that's something to keep in mind, thinking about transportation, thinking about chaperones, using a sign-up genius to make sure that you have others being able to help you in the event that you are going to go someplace and be thinking about how to make it safe through a waiver or a contract. Even if you're not providing the transportation, your handbook and contract need to mention field trip protocols. Number two, let's talk about money. You know, there are so many wonderful free activities to do, but you do have to go searching for them. We love to go to different parks. We call it park hopping, and we'll take them to various different parks. We love our state parks here in the state of Florida, where we can go see manatees. We've been able to go to natural springs. It's been a beautiful opportunity. So money is definitely a concern sometimes. However, I do have a few tips. One is to keep it free. Number two is to call and ask around these places that are charging a specific fee. Ask them if they could give you a discounted rate and ask them to allow you the opportunity to promote their business for them. If you say, hey, listen, I know that it's $5 per student. I was wanting to know if maybe we could do $3 per student, like a group rate. I would also love to give you a shout out on our Facebook page and on our website as creating a partnership with us, being able to allow our students this opportunity. So call and ask. Number three, this is really big underneath the money part, having a field trip fee. A field trip fee is something that I collect at the beginning of the year. So students have an enrollment free, an enrollment fee that incorporates three things. One, the enrollment fee. Two, the curriculum fee. And three is field trips and food. Now, I don't I'm not disclosing the allocations that I use for that with my parents because it varies. It varies on the type of curriculum and discounts I receive. It varies on the types of food that I can buy throughout the year. And I always provide a snack at the end of the day. You don't have to do that. But I do have a fee at the beginning of the year and it all goes into a budget. And I look at how much I'm spending on curriculum, how much I'm spending on snacks at the end of every day, or if I can get donations for that. And then what's left is also for our field trip or vice versa. But I do have allocations for that and I have a field trip budget. Number four is to poll your families about the cost of field trips. And if you ask families, hey, listen, would you rather us have one field trip a month, two field trips a month? Maybe one is free and the second one is an additional charge. So pulling your families and seeing what they feel comfortable paying in addition to your school, if not making field trip a separate allocation and telling parents for every field trip, you will be responsible for paying, but it will no, it will no longer, it will not be more than a month at $20. Let's just say that you could also go that route as well. So just be thinking of the money cost and various forms of budgeting, allocating cost, and also getting parents input. The other tip that I want to give for the money section of field trips is having parents vote. If they, if there's a charge for a particular field trip and parents are having to pay for it, ask the parents to vote. 
on where they would like their child to go. So giving them that opportunity to play a part in the decision making really goes far. I also let my students vote as well. And last but not least for the money, I always have a parent volunteer who does all of that nitty gritty researching for me, which I love. So she created a Trello board with field trips in our area that matched the units of study. So just think about utilizing like a homeroom mom. So is what we would used to call them in public school, a homeroom mom, a mom who's really great at researching and looking out into the community who would want to put together a list of places that you could go either on a monthly theme, a unit study theme, or just even by a cost. And that parent actually will call for me, look up the different promotions and the rates, book the field trip, and then even create the sign-up genius. So thinking about outsourcing. Number three, planning. Ooh, okay. So again, planning is about getting input from people and not feeling like you have to do it all alone. I designate a day out of the week. My first and second year were Fridays, Friday field trips, but I found, and I believe I've talked about this in a previous episode, I found that I was hitting the weekend exhausted and I did not want to feel like that. So I thought, who said that we had to have a field trip on Friday? Just because it says sound, they both start with F, fun field trip Friday. No, I don't want to do that. I want to have my Friday being able to go into my week with all of my administrative items finished, my students finished. I also found that the students enjoyed it in the middle of the week. So we take a field trip on typically Thursdays, sometimes Wednesdays. That gives us time to build it up at the beginning of the week, go midweek, and then come back as a team or as a class and reflect on our time together. I also believe that planning is really great at the beginning of the school year whenever you can come up with themes. And even though it's not the beginning of the school year right now, just think in November, what can we be doing? In December, what could we be doing? Could we be doing a community gift exchange? Could we be doing a community service project as a field trip? This is a a good example. We had a unit on animal habitats and we were also learning about area and perimeter. So we put that together and created animal habitats. And then we created our own animal or our own dog park. We went to the local animal shelter. That was free. We got an incredible tour. We got back stage passes. We were able to go into even the volunteers break room and they started pulling out all these boxes of really cool things to show the children. Then we went and hopped around and looked at different dog parks to start gaining ideas for our project. And then we went and played at a brand new park. That was a field trip. And guess what? It was all free except for the community service part. But those were all donations. So that was exciting. That was so exciting for our school. And it's something that the students had never actually been a part of before. Number four, let's get into safety. I Definitely recommend that you have a chaperone with you. And I recommend that you have your insurance and your waivers, your handbook and contract ready to go so that parents are aware of the protocols. I would also have an emergency contact information and I would send, I would take those along with you on the field trip where you have just emergency cards with the students and their family's name and their phone numbers. I would also have If you feel comfortable, I've not gone this route, but you could have name tags. 
You could also wear your school shirts. That's what we've done this year. Everybody has on their same Lighthouse Learning School shirt, just in case somebody were to ever just drift off a little bit here. And then that's never happened, praise God, but you just wanna make sure that you're being cautious. And then also think about a safety kit, something with Band-Aids, bug spray, especially if you're doing a lot of things outside, sunscreen, and also asking parents if they are okay with you applying the sunscreen or the bug spray to their child's skin. If not, I would avoid that. And then number five tip is hunger. Okay, just this, okay, let me just, actually number five is a random assortment of just some fun little facts. Number one is hunger. I would definitely ask if parents would be willing to provide the snack that day. One, it's something different. Even though I provide the snack most days of the week, parents can provide the snack either for their own child so that you don't have to worry about it or just say, hey, listen, if you don't mind, if you can't chaperone, can you send in a bag of chips or can you send in whatever it might be for the students, popsicles at the end of our field trip. Just be thinking about something a little bit different that adds a little bit of a pizzazz to the field trip. And then, you know, kids always get hungry. Like for some reason, they're hungry the moment you get out the driveway for some reason. And you're like, guys, we typically don't eat lunch until 1230. It's 945. Hello. But just keeping that in mind that because they're someplace else, their excitement levels up and they're probably going to get hungry a little bit faster. So make sure you put in some of those snack breaks in the morning and the afternoon. Um, Another random thing to think about is kids riding with others. I at Lighthouse Learning do not allow my students to ride to field trips with other students or back and forth from field trips. That might be something that you're interested in, especially if you're not the one providing transportation, but you definitely need to make sure that that is in your contract. I also recommend that at the end of a field trip that students are doing some reflecting. They're letting you know what they liked about the field trip, what they want to do more, what they learned. We have the not consumed student planner and at the end or the back of that planner there is the student reflection. So I highly recommend that you have some type of activity the day after your field trip have the students come in or maybe even if it's a shortened field trip at the end of the day have the students come in because they're worn out, they're tired, their energy level's been high, turn on some fun music, give them some paper, some color pencils, some markers. Maybe you could even print out a reflection sheet from their field trip. Let them decompress, tell you what they enjoyed about the field trip because this helps you to make decisions for future field trips. And I also recommend that if you are coming back from a field trip and the students are coming back to you or your location for the remainder of the day, that you just keep that nice and easy. Come in, maybe have a popsicle, read a book, do some drawing, turn on Art Hub where it's a directed drawing and all the students get to watch it through YouTube and just let the children rest and relax because it's been such a fun-filled day. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love to have your feedback. Make sure you go into our Facebook group. There we are giving Tip Tuesday. I'm going to go live from here on out doing a Tip Tuesday that you will be a part of if you're in our Facebook group. So that is in Facebook. Just type in Start Your Micro School or Homeschooling Business. And then if you want to grab those handbooks, waivers, contracts, head on over to www.teachersletyourlightshine.com shop. And you can either purchase the business bundle or you can break it up and just purchase what you need. We'll see you soon.
Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the Virtual Teachers Lounge, known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.